What's up? What's up, everybody? This is Carmine Davis, and you're listening to the Carmine Davis Show. What's up? How y'all doing? Another week down. I voted in between last week. I hope you guys did the same. If you are sending in either a, um, a mail by a vote by mail or an absentee ballot, get that in ASAP because apparently there are delays. I sent it in um, the mailbox. This might be just a Mississippi thing, but my mom taught me how to do this. I didn't have a stamp. I have not mailed off anything, I think, until since last time I voted. I think that was the last time by mail. It's the last time I've ever voted. I voted um, by mail four years ago with an absentee ballot. Um, I don't have stamps. I don't do anything. So what I used to do is my mom taught me to do this in Mississippi. You should take the mail out the mailbox and you put change or how much ever like 50 something cents or like I always round up to like a dollar and put it in the mailbox with the the mail thing up to let them know that <laughs> and they used to take it and put a a um stamp on it right I tried it in Atlanta and you know that man left my change, my mail box, my mail in there and everything. So I had to run and go to the post office and I tried to get it overnight. It was $30 to do it overnight just to make sure that it won't be delayed. But apparently the envelope is two days. So I was like, okay, cool. So to make it there in time, hopefully these are really, 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 really weird. Um, times to be voting during a pandemic while the the mail is already running a little bit behind like I'm just really really nervous I'm not gonna lie I am wrecked with anxiety when it came to casting my vote I was nervous I was like do I need to go and to my hometown and vote anyway like and then I was nervous about that and then like it it's just like, I'm nervous about it no matter what. Will it count? Is Trump going to rig the fuck out of this vote election? Like, I, I cannot. And then going on Twitter and seeing that so many people are still undecided. People are coming up to me talking about how they are still undecided. I'm like, how? How can we do four more years of this bullshit? How can you? But of course, they were all similar people. All I will say is that they were similar those people who are undecided they all have something in common but anyway i want to encourage everyone to continue to vote anyway i'm a very resilient person i ran to the nearest post office i am still in atlanta i'm not in my hometown of coming so if you hear anything different as far as audio wise or anything like that i'm not in the same usual setup or the same situation i am literally in the closet here in an airbnb in atlanta because of that bad storm on my home made a tree fall into my roof we're dealing with that still longer than I wanted to. It's been a thing. I've been stressed the fuck out. I won't lie, but it's all good. It's actually a blessing in disguise. What have you? But you all, we all still need to go and vote, regardless of 
what comes our way. I don't give a damn. You could be only thing that I feel like should stop you from voting is death. <laughs> like you, you need to be six feet under come November 3rd in order not to cast your vote or you need to be underage. Okay, so let's hop into the show. Um, you know, we always start off with a hot topic. How have you been doing, by the way? I just went on a tangent about myself. I hope you are doing swell, staying healthy, staying um, uplifted as possible. Uh, and if you are new to the show, if you're a new listener, or if you are one of those stragglers who are, are continuously listening every fucking week and did not smash that follow button take the time right now stop playing with yourself all right and hit that follow button that subscribe button and rate this show give me five stars on wherever i think apple music is the only one in google music amazon we're on amazon now i don't know if i ever literally talked about that rollout that amazon rollout thing they emailed me months ago and they were like, keep it a secret. We want you a part of the rollout. Um, we want it. It's going to be a new podcast, you know, rollout. And we want you a part of it, y'all. I was like dying. I was like, oh, my God, my little show. You know, y'all want me on the show. <laughs> you know, and that was really awesome. And I love Amazon. Um, but if you are an Amazon listener, make sure you follow and subscribe us there. Subscribe to us there. Let's get into the show. Okay. Okay, I'm not going to front. I looked at all the hot topics this week and I've been trying to find something meaty, um, something informative, something interesting. And I'm like just heartbroken with all the heartbroken, like the things that I'm seeing. I keep seeing where men are killing babies and women who are pregnant. Um, I don't want to go into details but um here's one in particular today a new york man accused in murder of six-month pregnant girlfriend this is according to love b scott um just now i just got the notification about um oh my god like um, um a new a nevada dad allegedly killed his baby by throwing her 22 feet off the balcony during dispute with her mom in vegas what the fuck is going on now people like to like throw around the whole pandemic thing like as this this is what's going on we this was stuff that happened before all of this happened now it's just so much focus on it and i don't want to continue focusing on these are all african-american um men I'm not totally sure about the newborn baby. This looks like a little biracial baby. Let me see. Um, this one, of course, of course, is with Love B. Scott. Um, a newborn baby girl was killed in Las Vegas over the weekend after being thrown to her death from a second-story balcony, allegedly by her own father. I don't want to go into this. I actually don't want to talk about this. Um, if that's kind of like you want to know more something about that, um, I I will put the links in the description. I just want to the hot topic is this like I just don't understand what is going on. Um, what is we could say pandemic 
um, quarantine. Um, we can say all kind of things. People are different. People are in a mood. People are, I, okay. My mother, I never saw, I'm going to make it personal. I have never really saw my mother in any, um, domestic violence situations, but I've seen a lot of my aunts and my cousins in the one in them growing up. And I remember it, it never went in my mind that it was right. And what I mean by that is that I think that there are so many people out into in the world that think that this behavior and all of that is okay to, it's weird. Like even black women themselves, I feel like a part of them are so used and accustomed to being manhandled, to being treated like animals almost. Not even, I I mean, like, I don't know what you would call that. Like, these men don't like y'all. And I don't know what is not wrapping around. I don't really know what to say like I, I think it's alarming that we have the most precious things and I, I don't blame all black men because I feel like as just as I saw something growing up some things growing up um, whether it was my cousin or my aunties or um, hearing about certain things that happened growing up you become accustomed to it or you feel like that is the nature of the relationship I didn't have my mom did not allow that to be seen by us. My mom did not allow that. I'm sure she's been, in, unfortunately, which is so sad, as a black woman, I'm sure she has been a victim of some kind of domestic violence situation or in some situationship where she was being mistreated. Um, these people are murdering these people's children. Like like they're cattle or something like that. Like they are, they're nothing. They don't even give a damn about their own children. So what is going on mentally with black men and black women that causes us to not even be concerned with the life that we are possessing, like we are bringing into the world? What anger, what rage keeps us that nothing else matters that this is nothing. This little life that we're bringing into the light, to this world, this is nothing. We have got. We. I, I don't. I. I talk about this a lot during the week because it's evident. I feel like nobody else is talking about it. Nobody else is talking about it. Like they're just playing it off, like it's not happening, or paying it like it didn't happen. Nobody is talking about what the fuck is going on in our homes, and we're acting like it's normal. I know that. And I know that there's Caucasians and all that happened. We're not talking about them. We should be better because we are. We are better. Our, our love is stronger. Our need for love is stronger. We need togetherness. It's not about when I address these things, it's not, I'm ne I've never said that this does not happen and I'm not comparing it to anyone. I'm not talking about anybody else. It's us, our black love and the love and the black woman, we, it, it's important. That is very important, y'all. 
The care for black women is so important. I don't give a damn if they got attitudes. I, I mean, we all got attitudes. That doesn't mean that they don't need to be protected. It's the same thing that's what's happening. That's how they view us in the streets when they shoot us down because we have attitudes. We're violent. That doesn't mean that we should die. Because your girl got an attitude doesn't mean that you should kill her newborn baby. What is happening? I need to know. Like, what is what is happening? Like, I, I can't. It doesn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense to me growing up. That wasn't something that I saw. It wasn't like I did not see it. I feel like people think that because they you don't understand it or you, you must not have been a part of it no i've seen it i've 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 been around it my cousins have been in shit you know i've been in shit every you know what i mean like i don't understand it i don't understand it and i don't i i don't and i don't understand how we don't make sense of it why are people doing the work the thought the the, the, the going through the the think map into understanding and why we are so violent towards each other especially heterosexual men who claim that they love women so much why are you hurting women why are you killing them in cold blood beating them senseless these beautiful ethereal creatures your mama is a black woman your auntie your grandma your sister all these people are black women who in turn have seen violence has been a part of violence have has been yoked up cut up sliced up beaten up by some black man who claims that he loves her when will this chain and this cycle end like what will it take what what is where is it even starting because i want to be honest you know it's maybe the fact that we didn't have black fathers in the home but my mom used to say something like, and I never really understood where she, she meant by this. My mom was like, we didn't, we weren't raised with the father in, in our lives, like an active father. We knew our father was there and was so, somewhat present um, for a certain time in our lives. But then after we moved to Mississippi from South Bend, Indiana, South Bend, Indiana, our, our fathers weren't around. And um, my mom said, how do you miss something that you never had? And I guess I have a same similar question is as to how can something, a lack of something cause you to be so angry about something? All you've ever had were black women around. So it's the how can the lack of having a black male in your life cause you to hurt the black women that frequent in? frequent in your life that showed up to your games that showed up to your plays that showed up to your band rehearsals that fed you that clothed you that protected you um and i know that's not the reality for a lot of us some of us lived with women um black women unfortunately who abused us who showed us the the cycle of abuse and the life and 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 but even then, what is that that didn't click to you that that wasn't right? Um, because your mother tolerated abuse. Nothing in you. What makes you that? I don't know. We need help. We need help. I really want to know. And I know it's, it's a tough, it's a tough situation because a lot of times 
the interesting thing about abusers are that they will never claim that they are abusers. That's the part that kills me is that you can never be accountable or held accountable for what you've done. If you don't even admit it to yourself, you like, how can you, I don't know. How can you accept, accept, how can you heal? If you can't admit that you have hurt and tried to kill a woman, how can you heal? How can you accept the fact that you yoked a woman up or shoved her or that you do not treat this woman, even in the small fractions, the the verbiage, the wording, the speaking, how you speak to them. If you can't even admit that this is wrong or that you actually do these things, that whole Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lane situation is a large spectrum of what happens in closed doors in the next, the neighbor's house, your cousin's house, your sister's house, your niece's house. This is what's happening in on the playgrounds. These are what the things that are happening. They're lying to themselves and denying it and, and causing and casting doubt on this woman's testimony and her account of what happened. So therefore it's a continuous cycle until they kill the baby. Until they're killing, a, throwing children off of balconies. It's, it, this is a cycle. It's, it, this is what happens. All they have to do is like, no, no, that, didn't, that ain't what happened. She did this. She did that. She, she, um, you know, she tried to holler at my bro. You know, that's what happened. You know, and, and that's why I yoked her ass up and, and choked her out. Or I didn't shoot her. I didn't shoot her. I didn't do that. I didn't, I didn't hit him. I didn't beat her. I didn't do these things. If you didn't, then who did? Because that's something that we also need to talk about, the mental health. The mental health spectrum about all of this. I want to move on, but I, th- I think I'm, 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 this is, I'm putting a stake in the ground because this is something that other, I guess, Gabe, a black podcast, I guess it'd be easier if you every every week we talked about fashion or the shade or Beyonce every week or, um, you know, the clubs, how we would miss the clubs every week. You know, I'm, I'm, I mean, those are all true, you know, cool things to talk about. But there is something weird going on. You know what I mean? Like my mom. Women that look like my mom are being hurt every day. The most precious thing in the world to me, my sisters, my best friends, women are being targeted. Black women are being targeted and we're not talking about it. Breonna Taylor, this is a serious situation. And we're just, um, um, let me go get some nachos. You know, no, no. As long as I have a platform, as long as I have a platform, black women will shine and whatever it's plaguing them, it will be spotlighted. I'm not for that. I'm not for that. Okay, I, I want to move on, but I don't like that. And I don't like how y'all act like it don't happen. 
Okay, so anyway, the next segment, before we go on to the next segment, make sure that you f- follow, subscribe. Um, and if this is not the show for you, if this is what you tune in, if you want to go and talk about somebody in some pretty little dresses or um, who had the best Instagram photo this week or you want to talk about the punks fighting at the club or something like that, this is not the this is not the podcast. This is not the show for you. So you could unsubscribe. But if this is something that you are interested in and this is where and you you feel what I'm saying mash the follow button subscribe like rate this show because i don't do it for my health i actually i actually do do it for my health my mental health but anyway let's move on to the next subject at hand which our middle topic is always my favorite the artist spotlight last week we we kind of talked about Gwen Stefani. um i kind of left it on a weird open note um about her and her cultural appropriation which i I think that there are a group of, it's like a card game, you know, like Yu-Gi-Oh or something like that. And we all have our culture vultures that we choose in our hand. Most people have Kim Kardashian or the Jenners or the, um, some people love Ariana, you know, the grand, the grand, Ariana Grand, you know, people have her, but Gwen Stefani is my favorite culture vulture. I put her in the deck. I love Gwen, but I call him like I see him. But this week, the artist spotlight goes to. I want to continue the the um subject about black women and excellence because I don't really think people get it. Um, early two thousands, there was a slew of African American women who were singers and songwriters. Now we've always had African-American women named sing- with, that were singer-songwriters. I mean, Mariah Carey, um, Tracy Chapman, Lauren Hill. Um, there was a, so many that you could just, rem- Aretha Franklin. Um, I think Patti LaBelle wrote a little bit, but that's the thing. So many women, there were so many female black, fe- black female singers, but there were not so many that wrote the words or their own hits. In the early 2000s, there was such a slew of them that came out of, to me, came out of nowhere. Now, I'm a singer-songwriter myself, um, so I know what it takes, what it, what that means. It's a gift that God bestows upon you to be able to tell your own stories, to be able to tell your own um, tales and put them on top of tracks. And these women made money doing it. Some hits and i wanted to spotlight those females from the early 2000s those r&b divas who wrote their pain and made platinum and those include alicia keys keisha cole brooke valentine i think about brooke valentine a lot i think of i know people know from her from love and hip-hop but i know i think of brooke valentine from the early 2000s girl fight that chain letter album that she pinned all the way through. Amazing. Ashanti. Carrie Hilson. Candy Burris. These women who wrote their hits. Okay, so now I want to put things in perspective. Um, rolling out, there's a article that has black music month the 20 greatest songwriters in r&b history 
beforehand we had Jimi Hendrix. They they mentioned the name of like Jimi Hendrix, Sam Cooke, Marvin Gaye, um, Rosie Mary McCoy, Maurice White, Earth, Wind and Fire, Neo, Frank Ocean, but hardly do they ever give the girls from the early 2000s, those black girls, their just due. I mean, a slew of them and just from Ashanti alone, Ashanti alone has 74 credits that are not of her own. Whether she has produced vocally, wrote, maybe vocally, um, uh, she just produced. She wrote these 74 credits of her own. And a lot of them were hits, including for Lil Wayne, uh, recently The Baby, Keisha Cole, Jennifer Lopez, most famously Fat Joe, um, Tori, um, keep it moving art art kelly okay um plies he's a safe uh unproblematic um two pro- okay problematic ja rule somewhat problematic uh she wrote for a lot of men she shares credit with a lot of these hit making men who get the more a lot of respect more respect for their contribution to music than she does she her contribution were enough to share a writing credit with them she was she's that girl ashanti wrote those songs she put on so many different artists including jennifer lopez like that's a big deal the fact that your voice and your writing is the crux of someone else's stellar career that's amazing Let's go to Alicia Keys. Okay, so of course, um, an amazing body of work she wrote for um Emily Sunday, I think that's how you say her name. Um, she's wrote with Bruno Mars, she's wrote with Drake. Um, her credits go on and on and on and on. Um, Mario, Christina Milian, Jennifer Hudson. Um let's see, she of a lot of most of them for herself, Christina Aguilera. Um, she wrote for Usher, 50 Cent, uh, Ludacris, Pitbull. She wrote for Madonna. She, who is a huge singer songwriter of her own, right? Marsha Ambrosia, Miguel. They share writing credits together. Like this is, and like, and people don't revere them. They want to talk about their vocal performance. Keisha Cole. Keisha Cole wrote all of her songs. Those songs love. Now, to put it in perspective, why I feel like it needs to be spotlighted is because there were a slew of women beforehand. We're not taking anything from that. Nothing from that. I think there were a slew of women who made these huge songs that were written by someone else, mostly men or another person. Like, they, they didn't write their song. They came in, they used their gilded big voices and brought these songs to life nothing wrong with that but in return these women had big songs that they also wrote they were the brainchild of do you know what i'm saying these life-changing songs like keisha cole's love and should have let you go and i should have cheated these were huge songs these were shoot brain um, um chain-breaking songs and we make so much fun of them. Ashanti, they try to act like they didn't do anything. But these women went in, pinned the pad, like the big boys do. Music that were featured in films, uh, advertisements, 
that's a huge deal. These are the these are their concepts, their thought process brought on to life. People can't negate that. They should be spotlighted and heralded for that. Um, treated with notoriety and and treated, I mean, given notoriety and treated with so much more respect than that they have. Because the only per I think the only people who can honestly negate their success or are people who don't write are people who don't have creative um any creative talent because if you do you realize how much goes into it there's recently her her is incredible she's incredible she writes all her stuff and she produces her songs alicia keys like she's the alicia keys's daughter like these women are breathing a new wave of women and especially during this time i applaud any woman who woman period who can anybody anybody because i know what it's like to be able to how hard it is to be able to come up with the melodies come up with the the harmonies to come up with um the thoughts and putting them on paper and make them make sense and communicate and make them pleasant to the ear i'm doing it myself with my album all friendship is romantic it's taking me forever to do it but i know that all the music that i'm doing is incredible imagine that being a black woman when you're constantly berated by images every day that you're mining what your your concepts and your thoughts and you're not enough these women are taking their pain and making it platinum. Do you know what I'm saying? Like their stories are so important and it, it, it ushers in um, and it heals so much. So it heals so much pain and it ushers in so much healing for not just black, other black women, but black men um, for people all around the world. Alicia Keys, come on, Ashanti, Foolish. Everybody loves Foolish. She wrote that. She wrote that. She wrote Foolish. Keisha Cole wrote those. I'm more notably, Brooke Valentine wrote Girl Fight. Problematic song, but it's a song that is about situations that happen every day with women. There she go talking her mess. And if you don't remember who Brooke Valentine is, go listen to her whole album, Chain Letter. It was, to me, when I think of singer, songwriter, R&B, I like to give her her roses. She's up there with them. Because she wrote that album and it was incredible. Great pop and R&B music. That's not something that is easy to do. Mariah Carey has 18 number ones, 19 number ones that she she wrote, majority of them. That's not an easy feat. Especially when you have people trying to kill you every day. And people telling you that your concepts and your thoughts or your hair is are uneven, you know, any conjunction of any of those three things, you know, your hair is uneven and you're not attractive and you're not good enough, you know, to be able to put your, your pain into those, I don't know, Mary G. Blige doesn't write all her songs, but that's not negating anything from her, but that's putting it into perspective. That's not easy. It's a gift that not everybody has, and these women should be heralded. Um, who else? Jill Scott, Erica Badu, um, early two well, she's nineties, early two thousands. I'm gonna say Jill Scott. They there was a whole slew of them. Do y'all remember? BET, there was so much so many women so many 
women out there, the African-American women who are bringing in new neo-soul concepts, new neo-soul sounds, new R&B pop flavorings, new R&B uh, concepts, and they were coming up with those ideas on their own. And these were black women from the streets. I don't know. To me, that is something that needs to be applauded. I wanted to put the spotlight on. I couldn't go another episode without. Y'all want to talk so much shit about these women? You do it. Never forget that they, that I'm Amarie, 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 Amarie. She wrote all her songs. Pen to pad with some beats with Rich Harrison in her apartment. She came up with talking to me. One thing she came up with, she created that sound, that go-go sound that people took and J-Lo and Beyonce, everybody took and ran with. She created that sound in her apartment. Do you get what I'm saying? That is insane to me. That's incredible. Black girl magic. Amory. Amory. Shout out to those women. That's powerful. That is powerful. If you're listening to this and you're a black woman and you have that gift and there's something in you, you're whether you are are into poetry or whether it's it doesn't have just to be song singer songwriter. I'm a singer songwriter and I have so much respect for anybody doing it. I don't care what race you are, but this is particularly the black woman's spotlight, especially in the early 2000s, because that's when music was most prominent for me. And that's when I started really picking up the Walkman and listening to music. And it, we had a, we have decades, hundreds of years of men, men's music. They write all of it. They write it all. But the fact that these black women your cousin, your auntie, your sisters, your your mother wrote these songs. That's incredible to me. And they're beautiful and they're timeless. And these are the songs that they turned into profit to get them out of their situations. I, I We applaud that at the Carmine Davis Show. We applaud that in everything I do. And I admire that. And I look up to that. And I will always, never, never, you'll never hear me shading. Well, you might, you know. I might throw a little shade, but I will always give them their respect for that. And um, that's the point. That's the point. Before we go on to the third topic, love and relationships, I want you to follow, subscribe, comment, rate. Let me know what you think. Tweet me at Carmine Davis. Let me know what you think about the black women. No, it's not so frequent. I think we have SZA now. I think Summer Walker. There's a few of them, but most of them don't write anymore. Right? There's a, some of them, but the ones that do are amazing. Summer, uh, SZA, Summer Walker, those girls, pen, her, their pens are in, insane. I think Tiana Taylor writes, right? I don't, I want to say Tiana Taylor writes. I might have to fact check that, but... Some these women write. Does Brand Brandy didn't even write? I don't think Brandy wrote. Brandy didn't write a lot of her songs. I think she wrote some of them, but she didn't write all of them. I know Diane Warren, Monica didn't write. That's what I'm saying. It's 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 a different ball game. Do you know what I'm saying? Or does I'm not? Does that not make any sense? Why am I spotlighting that? Or do you get exactly what I'm talking about? Tweet me at Carmine Davis. Let me know. Um, again, follow, subscribe, and like this show i'm not doing this just just for my health 
um, we go on to the third topic. It's love and relationships. This is one of my favorite ones. We always, it's love and relationships, but it's all about sex. It's mostly all about sex because sex is on my mind all the time. And I think sex is such an important release. I think I need some sex right now. That's why I'm so stressed out. But it's a pandemic, so you got to be choosy. You need to not do it at all, ideally. But, you know, we talk about COVID coochie and COVID cock a lot on the show. When's the last time you had some COVID coochie? Some COVID cock? You know what I'm saying? It's been three weeks for me. I'm not that bad. I used to have to do it all the time. But anyway, love and relationship. This one's brought to you by healthline.com. Okay, so we're going to continue on what we were talking about. Um, pandemic punani. Um Getting in the COVID coochie, COVID cock, and why lockdown tanked your libido and how to get it back if you want. Now, to be honest, I don't know for sure, 100%. No, it has. Now, one thing I will say is that I would jump to do it solo dolo before I would jump to do it with someone else because there's so much out, like... You have no idea, and we have not handled this COVID thing correctly all together. Not just me, not just you listening to the show, not just like everybody. We have America. We have just been fucked during this whole process. So that in the back of my mind, going to some, you know, and I've been in and out of relation, like weird situationships during the whole time. So even then, it's kind of like, where you been today? You know, I don't know. Maybe you should stay at your house today. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you start getting them Amazon packages and all these cool little toys. And I've seen some videos, child. I know we've been doing it by ourselves and we've been doing what we had to do. So it might have killed our libido. And you're not alone. If your libido is as non existent as your in real life social life, you're not. Not being interested in sex during a global crisis is completely normal, says sociologist and clinical sexologist Sarah Melancon. Interesting name. PhD with the Sex Toy Collective. While some folks may be experiencing a case of the lockdown randies right now, she says the majority of folks are likely noticing a libido drop off. The main culprit, stress and anxiety. These are stressful times we are living in. And stress can really shut down somebody's libido, says Lindsay Harper, an OBGYN and the founder of the CEO of Rosie, an app for women with decreased sexual desire. Further, pandemic stress isn't any old type of stress. For many people, it's financial stress, which is a type of survival stress. She says, people have sex for reasons other than for production, like pleasure, but survival stress can have a negative effect on your body's ability or interest in reproducing. Survival stress sends the body into a state of fight or flight. So they, so the only thing that matters is survival, not procreating. We become hormonally less interested in having a baby or giving birth. And that means our libido is lower. What does that mean for us? Homos. Okay. I guess it could be the same thing. I guess. I don't know. What can, what, you don't want it in the bud to reproduce. 
I don't know. Maybe that's why our libidos as a whole have not gone up or gone down. <laughs> I don't know. Other reasons your libido has tanked. The why COVID-19 has affected your sex life list is a vast is vast and long. Here are some common reasons your sex drive may have stalled. You and your partner are spending way more time together. You and your boo went from seeing each other only in the morning before work, after dinner, and on the weekends to 24-7. You lose out on the excitement of seeing each other at the end of the day, Harper says. And now there are so many more opportunities to get on each other's nerves. Plus, if you and your partner have children, any child rearing or housework imbalances may be exasperated now that you're both likely to be at home. It's pretty unlikely you're going to want to get down with your partner if you're feeling resentful or grumpy. Your eating or lifestyle habits have changed with gyms, fitness studios, and restaurants closed to enforce physical distancing, which are not anymore. Chances are your exercise routine, eating habits, or both have changed. Anytime you, after you're eating, exercise, or sleeping habits, it's going to have an effect on what's going on inside of your body especially your hormones. And when your hormones change, so can your libido. You're drinking or smoking more. Let the record show these aren't ideal coping mechanisms for dealing with the pandemic. If you're consuming more alcohol, marijuana, or other substance, Melancon recommends reaching out to a teletherapist or finding an online support group. And not just because increased alcohol consumption has been linked to sexual dysfunction, at least for people with penises. Mm. Excessive alcohol and substances use it as also, it says it's also linked to serious health issues like cancer, high blood pressure, and heart disease. Now, okay. Now, now, okay. When I drink a little red wine and some, you know, we match, I get a little randy down there. Like I get, that's when I am, boing, boing, like I, I get like excited but I don't really do it as much as I guess a lot of people were doing it during the pandemic so I guess too much of anything is a bad thing like when I'm at Los Rios and I'm like on my third 32 ounce frozen margarita mango with two limes you know I'm ready to go about any time any place anywhere after that it could be any damn where let's do it but I mean I only do that once or twice three four or five times a week so <laughs> you're worried about access to the reproduction care, reproductive care. This is for all my heteros. Maybe you're a three-year IUD expired. Maybe you're worried you are and your partner wouldn't have access to an abortion if you were to get pregnant. Maybe you're out of the barrier of protection and don't want to risk going to the drugstore to buy anymore. Lack of access to safer sex tools and reproduction health services is a very real problem right now. And that unsurprisingly can have, can make sex seem way less appealing. You're having less sex. Thanks to hormones, the more you have sex, the more you crave sex. So it's a bit of a catch-22. If you're masturbating less due to stress or anxiety, or you and your boo are having less sex, for example, if you aren't staying at home together, you'll crave sex less too. But here's the news. 
the good news. It's not permanent. Libido, libido, you've gone away. But are you coming back another day? According to Harper, you've got no reason to worry. Your libido hasn't disappeared forever. Your libido may be the first thing to go when you're dealing with a pandemic, but it will likely also be one of the first things to return post-pandemic, she says. I agree. I agree. How you feel about it determines your next move. If you don't care about that your libido has been on the low side, keep doing what you're doing and don't worry about it. But if you have it, but if having no libido right now is bothering you, there are things that you can do to ramp it back up, which are smoke and sex. No. <laughs> um, I am going to put that article in the description box. It's a little bit of an older one. This is when we were on like lockdown, but some people are still on lockdown. Some people are still adhering to the social distancing. I know that seems like just like the furthest things for some essential workers or people who got to get it how we get it because Trump didn't give us no other options. Child, I get it. But I want us to start fucking again. Not me and you, unless, you know. You secretly have a crush on me and you want to fuck. You better catch me right now while I'm in between situationships or relationships. If you're interested, tweet me, holler at me, slide in my DMs, throw a little ice, a snow emoji. Let me know. But I want all of us to get back to lovemaking. Lovemaking is so important. I want all of us to be happy. I want us to get back to not normalcy because I think those days are done. I think there's a lot of things that we do need to leave. We should have been leaving in the past. A lot of things have been disgusting that we should no longer pick up and do again. But lovemaking is not one of those things that I want us to leave in the past. I love people making love. I love people loving on each other, kissing, hugging, squeezing, touching. I think it's the best thing. That's what life is all about. And I want all of us to get on that part. I don't want us to hit each other anymore. I want us to love each other again. Especially my black queens who deserve it. They're so pretty. They're so perfect. All of us. All of y'all are. You know, all women are. Everybody is. I just want us to I just want us to get back and build a cake full of rainbows and smiles so we can be happy again. But anyway, that's my show. Next week is going to be a really, really great one. I can't tell y'all exactly why yet. I don't want to jinx it. Um, it's, it's kind of a big deal. But I won't, I won't spill all the tea yet. But coming back next week, follow me on um, Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis. Instagram.com slash Carmine Davis show. Twitter.com slash Carmine Davis. Make sure you follow, subscribe. 